Boom. Shane, I don't say this often. Um, I think I actually picked out a winner for us this you time. You did it I again, was so, Bennett. <laughs> I was so excited for this movie to be a complete <laughs> piece of shit. Or uh, 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 excited is the wrong word. I was so I was so ready for it to be a complete piece of shit. Oh, I was literally yeah. awake in bed last night when you texted me you were watching it. I was like, fuck. Picking out Wolf Fuck and- this. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Like, have I have I set us up for just a, a, just a nightmare of an October? And then watching this movie this morning, whoo! Ooh. This is why the podcast exists. Yeah. You ever see uh, one of those? Um, it's like getting the the last thirty minutes are are like sitting your ass on a Viking stove to, on Nancy Pelosi's Viking stove top. <laughs> just it was like getting cooked. a peek into the freezer. Uh, it was like seeing all that Jenny's ice cream. That I mean, Jenny's. I, it was, and, and I, and I don't want to give. <laughs> I don't want to give KV too much credit. I think uh-huh. the first hour and a half of this movie, and this movie is long. Dog I, shit. Earns it. The first hour and a half of this movie, bad, bad so bad, bad. bad. Like eating briars, like eating bad <laughs> freezer burn like, briars. Right. You're you ri- you're all out of Jenny's. You're all out of um, pistachio. You got to eat fucking chocolate briars. You're eating briar spumoni. But imagine you're eating briar sherbet, and then at the bottom of that briars is a actually a million dollars. <laughs> is a mil- not only a million dollars, but a sealed container of Jenny's that is a f- flavor no one's ever tried before. Oh my god. <laughs> Robert De Niro. And like also, it's insane Dude. that he's first built in this movie. He's in like 40 minutes of this movie. He's not when in he much. When he shows up, when he says fucking make me a bride and like has a gun to <laughs> Victor Frankenstein's head, I was like this I've I've never seen anything like this. This uh-huh. is incredible filmmaking. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to another episode of Real Rap. This is a podcast about actors who have decided to try their hand at directing. Take their talents to Miami, so to speak. <laughs> uh, in the in the words of uh LeBron James. It's like it's like going from the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Miami Heat. Uh the the act of going from acting to directing. Yeah, it's like Michael Jordan playing baseball, just thinking he's going to be good at everything, and um, quickly realizing that not true. In the case of Kenneth Branagh, he tries very hard at both and is um, not great at either. <sighs> he, I don't think he's very good at either. No, but he is probably the quintessential example of what's so great about an actor or director. Though this whole movie is like. What if I did this? What if I can I can I push it this far? It is it, it's just a man begging somebody to say no. Oh God, this movie <laughs> fucking rules. <laughs> Tell me no. Can I get naked here? Someone say no. I dare them to say no to me. Before yeah, before we got on the mic, one of the things we were talking about was Kenneth Branagh's perpetual almost nudity in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he is wearing a shirt for probably like. Like 20% of this movie, like a fifth of the movie, he has a shirt on. Uh Otherwise, buddy, in an era where people were wearing more clothing, in an era where people Uh tended to wear like coats on top of coats, (laughs) he is instead nude. He's right. Like, he read the book and was like, now the craziest thing about Victor Frankenstein is not that he deigned to play God, not that he he was (laughs) brought down by his hubris. The craziest thing about him is how. Nude he was constantly. How the fact that all of these experiments, <laughs> decidedly nude. I like. I it's usually directors are begging their female leads to get naked. Seemingly, uh-huh. at least, like uh-huh. is is how I, I I've always understood the entertainment world is that it's it's some lascivious right. creep behind the camera like begging his leading lady to like take her top off. And in this movie, mm-hmm. you're like he. Gave Helena Bonham Carter a ward, a, a, a true wardrobe full of clothes to wear in every scene, and decided that how he would play the scene is I'm half naked. I'll take it, mine off. Bizarre. You want my shirt the, on? The definition. He, oh, is, he oh, and Kenneth, what if we did a Jake with a shirt on? Uh, that's not gonna happen. No, sorry. Who? <laughs> no. You, you must have been talking to the other Kenneth. Yeah. He's uh, 
so he directed this and and starred in it, which is a very special move. It's funny that how he appears in the beginning, he's like the Nanook of the uh, North, just kind of emerging out of the snow, and of course everyone's like, "Who are? Who is this special man? Who is this? Who's this wonderful this man of the ice? Where has he come who's from? This what hot is this man? <laughs> what is this hot man doing here? And he's just like, "Oh, you'll never believe my tale." Let me like gets a, immediately just gets onto a frostbitten. Him. <laughs> yeah, immediately gets onto a fainting bed to tell like the story of his life. I was again, like you said, I was pretty ready for this to be pretty boring kind of slog. I thought of it was going to be a complete piece of shit. I was like, well, okay, it's two hours long. Kenneth Branagh directed it. This is probably a uh, well a slog, but. He finds a way to, like, all the things that suck in the beginning, like, he has this huge, or not ornate, but, like, huge theatrical kind of set that the house takes place in, and you're like, this is a huge waste of money, like, you just think that this is, like, a Shakespeare kind of thing, where you, it's the, uh, the... The the theater is alive on on uh, film this time and that, like the that huge staircase the huge with no staircase. railings. Yeah. Did you every time someone was walking up that go like, oh god, someone's gonna fucking fall well, down that well, thing. <laughs> Ian Holm fucking nearly takes a dive off the edge of it when he faints. Woo. He's like an inch away. But anyway, like that, it kind of looks like it's the theater, and you're like, all right, Brandon, I was like trying to do both. This is stupid. But then by the end, you're. That staircase is transformed, and they keep coming back to it. Like it's, it's, yeah. This this movie just it, 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 uh, it, it starts out weak. Just starts out with just bullshit. Just fucking, ugh, just, just awful costume drama <laughs> crap, and then <laughs> yeah, just bullshit. It just slowly, almost imperceptibly, works its magic on you, folks. Watch this Slides. movie. I don't say this yeah. often on the show. Watch this movie. This movie. <laughs> It gets its hooks into you, and you don't know how. Oh God! Right, I'm I, watch think, it again. I think because it's right when it starts to get good. Like you're kind of lulled into boredom when Frankenstein is talking to the blind guy, and then they beat the shit out of him, which is vaguely exciting. Uh-huh. But the, all that is just so boring. And then suddenly, it's, it's suddenly it's the most interesting movie you've ever seen. Yeah, like Robert <laughs> De Niro playing like this. Uh, he's a different he's a how would you describe this frankenstein he's different than my conception of frankenstein so he's very different from like the universal monster conception and it made me wonder if if this is like a closer adaptation of the book he's not Mm. the kind of bolts and neck like i mean he plays him like it's like flowers for algernon he's like a a mentally disabled person who is slowly getting more and more intelligent like it's Oh, it's such a bizarre performance. I mean, it's closer to his performance in in, in um, Cape Fear than any other exactly um, yeah. Robert Zemeckis performance I've seen. Because at the end, when he becomes like this superhuman monster that's just like rampaging through the house, I found myself going like, "Wow!" So like, he couldn't get the Cape Fear thing out of his system. I don't think <laughs> he, <laughs> he, really just was, a, he just wanted yeah. to play monsters. A period of years where he was just like, "I'm just so angry. I'm just so I'm so evil." Oh, I'm so angry when he. When he literally, I thought he was gonna say, "He never gave me a name. Call me Frankenstein's monster." I really thought he was gonna call himself <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> He's called the Creation in the in the credits. Did, no, did you see the credits? It was the cr- creature slash sharp figured man, sharp featured man. At least on well, my that's, copy. Um, that's that's yeah, because he plays the guy who stabs the doctor. Also, I oh, found myself see, going like, "Well, they're spending a lot of time on this guy. Is this guy going to end up being important?" At, like such a rube, it like slapped me in the face. <laughs> it's, like, this movie. I mean, it's like God, they're they're spending a lot of time with this guy in bad makeup. Who, who what what's his deal? So before we we get into the heat of this movie, there is a bit. There's kind of a bunch of formative scenes of. Uh, Dr. Frankenstein, Victor Frank- Frankenstein, <laughs> Ben had just put in some fucking fake teeth. That was very spooky. It's not a, it's not a visual medium, keep, but I really wanted to do that at some point. Just, just, just for me. Victor Frankenstein is kind of like uh, an evil genius in the most kind of cartoonish way. Not an evil genius, a mad genius. He's... He is the quintessential mad scientist, yeah. He is not only just, like, angry about science, but is uh, in class- classrooms, like, raving about philosophy. He's like, 
medical anomaly should not end at philosophical uh, inquiry. <laughs> like falling over himself in classrooms while other people are like, no, it cannot be. Do not say that. It is too academically rigorous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that like they present his battle as just um, a fight between the hard and soft sciences. That um, Victor Frankenstein is constantly in there, like talking to these like learned doctors in wigs, saying like, "But what of philosophy? What of history? What of English literature?" <laughs> and that they're, they're constantly saying like, "No, you madman! That's why they we, we call those the soft sciences." It's oh god, it's so good. That, the whole college thing, and also I think he's supposed to be like, you know, uh, uh, graduate degree age. I think he's supposed to be like in his early twenties, yeah. and it's just Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> it's just yeah. Uh, like what, late thirties, Kenneth Branagh? Oh, so good. <laughs> um, so he, there's a few scenes of that where he's yelling at professors in those like kind of amphitheater ass classrooms that, that are all wooden. Fucking uh, the rotunda operating theater. Such a this movie, like it is the all of the money is on screen. Every shot in this movie looks expensive. It Those costs. shots, like, down yeah. the fucking operating theater, you're like, my, my God. We, surely so, we didn't have to spend you, money on, on this. Surely. <laughs> we, my, my word. Do we need to spend $10 million on this setup? <laughs> I think uh, it comes across that Kenneth Branagh, Branagh, we had the same discussion before. I'm just going to say Branagh. You, How to pronounce you it? Say, I, I'm going to do both, probably. Okay. Um, he... Uh, plays just as much of like a like he is just as smart as his conception of this character is which is like to him the smartest you can possibly be and to us maybe just like the <laughs> dumbest possible portrayal of smartness which is like all just like vocal shouting it's all in like just old, like looking at old leather bound books like his uh -huh. mom literally says like look at you with all these old ancient texts that you just comb through all day and cooped up in this attic and he's like mother give me that book back i need to read that book okay so like were you confused when his mother dies in childbirth early on? Did you think that was his wife and he was just calling her mother because he was They're old the timey? exact same. I, I thought that, yeah, I, I, I thought that was his wife and that he was calling her mother in like an old timey Mike Pence sort of a way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sequence is my old lady. Nuts. Yeah. yeah, my old lady. Yeah, mother. Um, bananas. That whole Mommy. sequence. Ian Home. Ian Home is ass naked. Giving <laughs> birthing this baby. Oh, I mean, it's truly like that whole sequence is so bizarre and like operatic, and it's so out of whack with like other it's stuff that happens in the movie. It's six seconds long too. The birth. No, scene. again, like an example of like even stuff that was captured for a moment in this movie looks expensive as hell. Like <laughs> who, who wrote these checks? I, I, I Kenneth Branagh was. Must have just been like truly flying on some like Orson Welles post Citizen right. Kane, like, yeah, 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 momentum <laughs> here, crazy stuff, and it's such a perfect metaphor that this is like a book about when when man deigns to play God, you know, when when someone when when man overreaches his grasp and like is yeah. confronted with like the horror of what he's done, and this uh -huh. is a movie about it after trying to direct <laughs> and just. <laughs> just <laughs> Yeah, and Kenneth Branagh's, like, his fantasy is, like, what if a guy pretended he was so smart, but, like, in my world, like, he actually succeeds in these extremely dumb pursuits that, like, are impossible. Oh Which, like, for the impossible pursuit is for a guy who think who is Kenneth Branagh to make a movie that is actually um, convincing outside of, like, his imagination I mean, I guess, it? like, I, I think the mission here was, I guess he wanted to make, like, a more faithful adaptation of the book. I think he really Which... was trying to make, like, the definitive Frankenstein as mm. opposed to the green guy with the bolts. And, uh, uh ooh, I mean, <laughs> he gets, there's so much else in the way of just that straight telling of the story, like, though. It works, but not in the ways he wanted it to or in the way he probably thinks it did. Like, okay. I, I, I found myself pumping my fist throughout this movie. Like, <laughs> okay. <fucking> rule. <laughs> I want to uh, take a moment to read. So Frank Darabont wrote the screenplay, um, and he has a quote on the Wikipedia for this movie. 
He said, there's a weird doppelganger effect when I watch the movie. It's kind of like the movie I wrote, but not at all like the movie I wrote. It has no patience for subtlety. It has no patience for the quiet moments. It has no patience, period. It's a big, loud, and blunt and rephrased by the director at every possible turn. Cumulatively, the effect was a totally different movie. I don't know why Branagh needed to make it this big, loud film. The material was subtle. Uh, Shelley's book was out there in a lot of ways, but it's also very subtle. I don't know why it had to be this big operatic operatic attempt at filmmaking. Shelley's book is not operatic. It whispers at you a lot. Uh, he says, uh, this movie was his vision entirely. If you love the movie, you could throw all your roses at Ken Branagh's feet. If you hated it, throw your I spears <laughs> there too, because that was his movie. I'm Which, throwing, right now, I, I've got a dozen roses both. here, and I'm just tossing <laughs> <laughs> I had my spears in the in the quiver, but uh, by the end, but, uh, no, it's all by roses, the end, I really, uh, What movie did he think he was writing? Because it, it seems like... exactly. The script is so operatic and grandiose and like, I don't know, like the, the script must include the constant reminders that they're brother and sister, right? <laughs> like, I don't, I, was that it's a, a Branagh note? I, it's interesting that Darabon, the uh, Darabont, the writer, blames Branagh specifically and not, not, not the studio, mm-hmm. not like the production value, which like, obviously they had a hand in, but I think he sees just as well as us that like... This is like this is a Branagh joint as this, as this Branagh's is, is as Frankenstein's gets. monster. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> so good! By the way, folks, this episode is called Real Raps. Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh. you're too intelligent, you bookworm boy. <laughs> you need to be you dumber. Maniac. You, you are to... a maniac. <laughs> silence. Yes, I might be a maniac. But it is all for the the monstrous truth of sweat that lightning. His brow. It's it's too. I need to harness lightning, ladies it's and gentlemen. So that bit when they're lying down and catching the lightning. Oh my what the god! Fuck? I hope that's not in the book. I was like, is Dude, this? Mary like, Shelley really went off the reservation with that one. I think this is Kenneth Branagh's Ben Franklin's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Well, he mentions he was, uh, Franklin by name a couple times. He says, I'm trying to build on what the Americans have done. Dr. Franklin, for example. <laughs> ben, ben Franklin's biggest faux pas is is my crowning jewel of uh, scientific inquiry. <laughs> this this objectively stupid thing that Ben Franklin <laughs> allegedly did. <laughs> the fool's errand of... This fool's of, errand he was of on. Ben Franklin's fake career. <laughs> oh, man. God. He, like... Puts that kid at risk. (laughs) Almost kills that child. (laughs) So, um, so he goes off to school. Branna goes off to school. As a 38 year old man. Right. He just (laughs) goes to college. Not that people, not that like like, people, you know, of more advanced ages don't get degrees, but I think we're made to understand that he's like young, dumb, and full of cum at this point. Right. He is like 24. (laughs) Played by Kenneth Branagh in no sort of age makeup and now that i think about it i feel like he the only people that surround him are the same age too like he has no interest in showing anyone hotter than him (laughs) well it's it's so it's so like tom halchie's role in this movie i think that's okay tom halse how do we want to pronounce (laughs) on how to pronounce important i i'm i was thinking halchie because halchie yeah halchie and falchie it just i don't know it works better that he's like a you just really Americanize it because I feel he like he's so desperately desperate. Like, wants to Italian be Italian type too, so I like yeah. pronouncing it with that sort of holchi. Holchi. Uh. <laughs> so a big moment is when so uh, Victor Frankenstein is so academically rigorous that he leaves class, and one of the classmates was like, "Well, ho, huzzah to your findings, oh, brother!" And it's <laughs> it's the it's the only other on-screen genius that could match the energy of. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, I think, is the guy who played Amadeus in uh, Amadeus. Guy uh, 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 plays Mozart it's, in. Amadeus. It's his way of. I, I I didn't even put that together. That this is like him saying, like, I am the only person smarter than Mozart. No, no, no. I'm not Salieri. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm right. like Mozart plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah <damn. laughs> and he basically plays the Amadeus character, or like you know, you could tell like. 
this is riding on the tails of Amadeus, and it's like we need a, we need someone who knows what I mean when I say uh, crazy, crazy smart. I, when I say that uh, we we need to overcome death. This whole movie just made me think of Peter Thiel too, and how he thinks <laughs> we'll be able to like live forever. Spoke at my college commencement, by the way, folks. Uh, oh, good man. lord! Um, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful man. Um, I, I I like that Halsey is like. His his whole bit is just that he's exactly as genius as Victor Frankenstein, right. but a just, degree less just, crazy. Just, just, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> the, like just everything that Victor Frankenstein is, but just like there's just one just thing different. Dialed back a touch, right? He's yeah. like, oh yes, I totally agree with you, but uh, you've got to fuck a little bit to get to get. Like he has like but, this fuck streak. He's he has more of like a fuck streak than Victor Frankenstein. Also, they love reminding you that he and his adoptive sister, who is like the love of his life, have not right. fucked. They love talking about like their wedding night in these. Another like, essential piece of the sainted terms. Um, oh, so, so I guess wild. the holy trinity here is Hulchi. Well, it's a quadrinity. Hulchi. It's, it's a square. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brana, Helena Bonham Carter. And Ian Holm, who I think is the sub-genius, he just, he's a bodily genius. He's a lived uh-huh. genius. He doesn't have to say uh-huh. anything. Ian Holm is the type of guy that belongs in a floppy nightcap. Uh-huh. He looks so perfect in it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Every time they show him in his, like, old-timey wear, I was like, well, Ian Holm, I mean, he was just born. That's like- him. <laughs> <laughs> he came on the set. He brought all his own clothes. <laughs> he brought that cap himself. Yeah. So, a central piece of, the, the major romance in the movie which i think a lot of people said is like contrived which i guess it depends on what which part of the relationship you think is contrived i think ben and i agree that uh helena bonham carter is his uh like sister but stepsister like his adoptive uh, like, sister i think she was adopted when she yeah. was a child and they, they they adopted her yeah so it's like and they're they grew decidedly up not related but you know in the in the nurture sense they're very much related <laughs> right in the sense that you saw this person in all their formative years and since you were a child that's that's basically a sister anyway he marries her or like they they really play up that they're like having sex or just making out not having sex yet and they really want to get married but like instead of just being like oh yeah it's a, like a coincidence that we grew up together and we're sister they end up mentioning like you're my brother you're my sister and then making out immediately constantly every time they kiss it is either preceded or succeeded by some reminder of their weird pseudo you know i shouldn't be fucking you because you're my baby sister (laughs) because you're my sister (laughs) and then they like tongue close up which very much like tongues yeah (laughs) i think that like there's the idea that like oh to to make it about like this romantic story is contrived but the real contrivance is Brenna inserting uh like stepsister porn into his Frankenstein movie. Um I I didn't end up actually reading the Wikipedia page about the reception and, and problems people had. I noticed that the opening paragraph on Wikipedia mentions the liberties it takes with the book because I found myself watching it going like so is this just like a page-for-page adaptation? Is that like what we're doing here? Is that where these bizarre plot turns came from? Um, well, you would think, like, I think doing a Shakespeare word-for-word adaptation is like, that's Kenneth Branagh's idea of like crazy genius. Like most most normal people might abridge it for the screen. Uh, but his, like, his smart guy idea of doing frankenstein is to take like every liberty with the text and just get as wild and crazy as possible like he had, he's, he doesn't abide I, by any sense of like i don't know literary like honor it's so fucking crazy i mean i i've never read the book i'm guessing you haven't either no. um it was assigned um as part of scott's text and film class and i i dropped out before we got to uh the Frankenstein of it all. <laughs> uh, apparently, Phil Solomon has a film called like Spark of Being that I think is uh, supposed to be kind of a, a loose adaptation. Okay. Um, I um yeah no I, I kind of I, I want to read the book now. I mean, this is the rare movie adaptation of a book where I'm like, okay, now I have to see if that's actually in the fucking book. That's that's mm-hmm. so nuts. Um, I had no idea like. <clears throat> 
This movie includes, because of the Universal movies, because of Boris Karloff as Frankenstein, I think we've all been trained to think that the story of Frankenstein is just basically him throwing that girl in the lake. This movie <laughs> includes what is also the plot of Bride of Frankenstein, which is um, Frankenstein creates a bride for the monster, and uh-huh. uh, in in their despair at realizing like what they are, they fucking set themselves on fire. In, in the movie, he literally like pulls the switch, like the self destruct switch in the factory, and says, "We belong dead." It's a GIF yeah. I've cha- I, I've shared a couple times. Um, <laughs> I, I had no idea that, that that's apparently like in the book. The, okay. I, the, him 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 making his wife into like the bride of Frankenstein. Um, I, God, I didn't boy, know. Howdy. <laughs> I mean, I have to look. I I, I, sh- I should look it up, but it, it was it was interesting to see like a Frankenstein story include both, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the Frankenstein narrative and the Bride of Frankenstein narrative. So let's talk about <clears throat> how the the ultimate, well, the big scene of creating the monster. We get there pretty quick, and I'm pretty pleased with how how quick we get there because he. I feel like there's probably eight more hours of footage of like him. I don't know figuring out how smart he is and using shit. But um, I really enjoyed the not, like how just far away from science and uh, being in a lab. And it really is just kind of like bubbling flasks and fucking big copper ass shit. And like Uh Brenna really is throwing his body around this lab. Like, in, shirtless his shirtless his, body <laughs> yeah. his his half clothed body <laughs> do do you think that he, i mean i feel like he could have done a little bit more like uh weight training before this i think he had like airbrushed abs <laughs> he's so skinny i remember thinking that was so weird that i was like this guy like is insisting on taking his shirt off but like he's not i, don't know. I mean he looks like a touch better than me like he, 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 just he looks, looks like <laughs> yeah he looks like a nude, like just like just before becoming a dad or something. He looks like this guy probably looked. Who knows? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but but he's oiled up as if he's like the but he's rock, like greased to the gills. Yeah, yeah, exactly, as if he was the fucking rock or something. Like he <laughs> he really is obviously so proud of like his physique. His <laughs> I don't know, just not out of shape torso. <laughs> um, and uh, so he. What did you think of the of the Frankenstein creation scene? I thought the whole creation sequence was pretty awesome. I I, I like that they undercut "It's Alive" by mm, uh, kind mm-hmm. of not having him shout that. I like when yeah, he yeah. brings the little frog back to life in the petri dish. I thought that uh-huh. was kind of sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, the whole like fucking like bronze sarcophagus thing. Ooh, yeah, when that was a when good he collects piece. amniotic fluid from a woman who's like giving oh, birth. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and he's got that like... big sack above. Oh, yeah, that whole, oh, that, because you don't really get an explanation for that big, like, meat sack that's above. It's like, maybe he's exhumed a ton of corpses. Maybe he's, I, who knows what that is. Oh, I thought that was great. Um, um, I, I think also, he just makes a meal of all that imagery. Ugh. Right. Uh, one other thing he does is, I guess instead of, like, zapping him with, like, regular electricity, he sends a bunch of electric eels through, like, the fluid that Frankenstein mon- Frankenstein's monster is in. Uh, which is just disgusting. It's such a gross sequence. I, mean, I, I, I really do think it gets... It's like a Frankenstein creation sequence that has the same kind of visceral quality that we usually associate with um, like werewolf transformation sequences. When he like mm. fucking sticks that syringe in the top of his head. Ugh, it's so gross. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, so he creates the monster and then <laughs> there's a strange series of events afterwards which is like actually physically handling the monster's body and he's covered in amniotic fluid from the result of the experiment and he's flopping around and uh so he makes the monster and then there's like a like this scene where they must have shot it like 10 times because it's kenneth branagh and the monster sliding around in like slippery goo for a minute or two and you could tell it's all shots from different scenes of them doing it to the point where it's like hilarious it seems like it's a joke or like Uh outtakes of kenneth branagh wrestling like in slime but it i think he's dead serious because there's nothing to signify that anything in this movie is supposed to be that funny 
No, this movie is decidedly humorless, and there, there, there's a perfect example of a sequence that, like, it, it, to your point, feels cobbled together from like multiple different iterations, and also mm. like is so obviously something that he insisted on keeping that was so obviously <laughs> not working. <laughs> yeah, the slime scene should not be in it, and it results in like him weirdly getting the monster like hung in a series the of chains. accidentally like hangs itself yeah it's it's Which, horrifying it's a really like good again i was like god is this in the book yeah <laughs> it seems we i i was like this is kind of like an undescribable like human circumstance that doesn't really fit in with like the operatic like you would think he would just stab him by accident or something but it's like this weird chain accident Speaking of um, stabbing, we should mention where he gets most of the body for the monster from. Um, Robert De Niro shows up as, I think you mentioned he's credited as, like, strong-featured stranger or something. He Uh stabs uh, Victor Frankenstein's mentor um, out of nowhere. I remember thinking, like, well, this seems like we're spending a lot of time on this guy. Uh, and then just feeling like a complete dumbass when I realized, like, oh, yeah, that's that, they needed to get the fucking body from somewhere. I don't even remember those parts. Uh, they're inoculating people against the cholera. You'll remember there's a cholera epidemic going on. Ah, uh, yeah. Movie, uh, I, that, it turns out that Frankenstein is actually a story for our times. It takes place during a pandemic, folks. That was uh, weird. It was weird how yeah. much they commented on the pandemic. I almost felt like I was watching something that was too obviously talking about like being quarantined. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, Victor Frankenstein used his quarantine to uh, create a man with uh, electricity and, and, and corpses. What, what, you are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right, I'm going to copy of it right here. <laughs> I'm a lineman for the county. (laughs) I would have loved to have seen Robert De Niro sing that in this. I literally, literally, the only thing this movie was missing was someone breaking out into song. Um, Because otherwise, this had everything you want in a movie um this had your yes. costume drama bullshit your ornate mm-hmm. sets this helena bonham horror. carter looking kind of emo oh my god can we talk about her for a moment here can we can we i don't i don't want to get like too i don't want to i don't want to be too yes. much of a dude yes you do <laughs> i um, okay let's t- well i know how i can talk about this appropriately is to say that i remember having a like a kind of a different kind of obsession with her when I was probably 14 and 15 in that she just seemed kind of like a, like a scene kid, like Uh from high school or something that just grew up and nothing, nothing changed, I guess about like her style. I, I I think the best way I can describe her is Helena Skellington Carter or Helena Nightmare Before Christmas (laughs) ass Carter. I am. See, I I prefer this um, era of her. For Mm, me, like that makes sense when she's just goth enough in movies like this and a room with a view. Like if, if I could cast my own adaptations of every Jane Austen novel, I think she would probably play the heroine in all of them. Like Mm -hmm. she's just so perfect for these uh, costume dramas. Um, And during this, this very short window of time before she married like Tim Burton and uh, crossed over into full on like hot topic (laughs) chic. I don't know. She was uh, to me like the most attractive a person could be. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I guess because she uh, is kind of always plays like a depressed person. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe because she uh, she tamed the shrew in Fight Club. Ah, yes, yeah. Um, How could we? Or, I, yeah, I guess most people now know her from like Harry Potter. I guess is uh, is probably her most. Oh fuck! I forgot role. she was in Harry Potter. I I forgot yeah. as well. <laughs> Which is the perfect? Well, it's an imperfect combination of her emo and historical sensibilities. I would say it's the wrong move. At, uh, if I were her agent, I would say, you know what? I don't think this one's for you. Helena, I think you should instead star in. Uh... What do we have you play Anne Elliot in an adaptation of Persuasion? (laughs) (laughs) 
gonna I, get I a lot dream, more can mileage. I? <laughs> yeah, a boy can. Um, she's just kind of like the uh, the genius admirer in this movie. She doesn't really have a say in anything. She's just kind of by by uh, by Kenneth Branagh's side, even in his lowest points. There's a really shitty scene right before things get good, which you might remember when. I guess Frankenstein, the monster, is loose in the countryside. He's Just been, like, hanging running out amok. This, this farm and, like, doing, like, very homely favors for this family who eventually just see his face and immediately, like, try to kill him. And uh, during that, I guess Victor Frankenstein runs back home like a wah-wah baby. He couldn't make it in the <laughs> big world. And he goes back to his fucking, like, Austrian castle. <laughs> and I don't know what's wrong with their relationship, but he has to run after Helena Bonham Carter. She's threatening to leave. And he's like, wait, goes after her. And then immediately his tone shifts to like crying little ghostly, like sickly man. He's got all this weird, like skeleton ass makeup on to make him look really sick. He's like, oh, I really, oh, I miss you. I'll do whatever you say as long as you let me be a genius. But like second, he he's like <laughs> acting like he's gonna fall apart at the seams, and seconds before running down the huge stairs, screaming at her. It just doesn't. It doesn't accord. It doesn't make any sense, and it points to Branagh's idea that he. I mean, his 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 uh, his makeup that he can only do like hyperbole and uh, like melodrama. Yeah, there's no, in general, like, sequences within the film tend to happen like that, where things go from zero to 100 in seemingly, like, seconds, and then back to zero again. I mean, there's the whole, when their maid gets, like, lynched, um, that, that whole sequence oh is, it, that, that, that is such a, like, well, that, they I don't know, it's such, a hack, it's such a hack joke to say, like, well, that escalated <laughs> quickly, but, like, it truly is, like, the most, like, it's it's one of the bigger examples I can think of of that. I think, I think yeah, what you're talking about is, like, immediately after, um, the monster has, like, shown up again um, after wandering through the countryside and is now demanding that um, uh, Dr. Frankenstein make him a bride. And I say bride here versus mate <laughs> or partner because, like, the movie has such a, like, a breathless um idea of marriage specifically like right. we've talked a little bit about like them talking about their wedding night constantly um, right right very it's very bride much focused. <laughs> looking for a bride uh, <laughs> just likes the idea of the wedding night even one of the goons who's like chasing around uh the monster like turns to kenneth Branagh's like you know you you better go see your wife. You only get one wedding night and winks at him. It's like you guys are in like the heat of like a a horrible like moment this in your horrifying lives. monster <laughs> that I created from dead bodies. The, the dead body of a fucking murderer and lightning is <laughs> running amok. Yeah. Is maybe going to kill my fucking bride. So, yeah, like, Bennett, you and I, we both know the legend of the simp. We definitely know the legend of the wife guy. Kenneth Branagh points to a diff- a third way uh, that is the ah. uh, the bride guy <laughs> the third way <laughs> he, uh yes he is the quintessential th- he is the uh the third way <laughs> god damn yeah he is a fucking bride guy in this movie he's obsessed with the idea and they say it constantly of her not uh-huh. being his sister but his bride not his right. wife mind you his bride yeah you're no longer my little baby sister that i'm taking advantage of you are my bride uh so he goes up goes up to this little little hovel uh where he uh does the act of sex with uh his sister bride do they ever fuck? I don't think they ever fuck. I think it gets like interrupted when um the uh the monster is running amok. I think he sort of stops. There's oh, that sequence of him dark. undressing her for like forty minutes. Yeah, no, I mean that's. Yeah. I think he was gonna well, fuck the bride. <laughs> he wa- wow. That's the worst. That's that's a bride guy's worst nightmare. Is that on the 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 wedding night thing like things go south? Like you can't get uh-huh. it up or something. That's a bride guy's worst fear because so much has been. You've been waiting your whole life so for that depends. night. <laughs> so much depends on my red baboon ass, on my on my bride's 
uh, horniness <laughs> level on the night of our uh-huh. <laughs> marriage. Um, so he takes off her clothes for about a quarter hour, and he takes off his his clothes are already off. He leaves. He the was room already shirtless. To do what again? What does he do? I think he at this point the. Phone. the um, at this point, like, the monster is, like, very much out and about, and I think he's just gotten, like, word that it's been seen on the grounds or something. I think it's uh, very oh. much like a... I think some guy comes rushing in with a torch. They do such a good evocation, though, I will say, of the actual, like, torch and pitchfork mob in this yep. movie. <laughs> There's yep, so definitely. much of that. I think I think someone runs in and says, like, my lord, the, the, the monster <laughs> Oh, you hate to hear that on your wedding night, don't you? You you really you oh you hate to see it. Okay, he's he's fully erect and he's like This what is it now? Goes out <laughs> and then looks back within the blink of an eye, it seems. The monster has crawled into the window of his bridal suite. <gasps> <gasps> what? What? No! <laughs> is the thing he does and <laughs> my bride is <laughs> like uh is your sister still up there please she's my bride you ass please so my sister that's my bride you ass <laughs> you maniac you, you man, what are you talking about you think i would fuck my sister um, you're clearly not a learned man of science <laughs> Uh, so there's got to be threads in his career of like wanting to fuck his sister. I wonder if he has siblings in real life. I want to read a biography of <laughs> Kenneth Branagh after watching this movie. Yeah, there's got to be an unpublished autobiography that he's waiting to. His die fucking for. his uh death on the Nile got delayed a full year by Disney, which sucks. Good lord! Oh, yeah, god damn it! You think this man's been through enough? His own wife is being attacked by Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster tore his wife's heart out. My God. <laughs> okay, so the fuck when shit just starts getting so good, and I'm sorry it took so long for us to get there, but it took a long time. The movie time takes when a while watching. to get there too. This this episode is supposed to be analogous to the movie itself. Yeah, exactly. So fucking he gets Frankenstein's monster spares no expense. Is just face to face with Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, oh, I didn't know it was Robert De Niro until like an hour and a half into the movie. And I was like, wow! <laughs> the fact that he's... Uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that he's first built. He really... um, It's 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 an interesting performance from Robert De Niro. I, I will say, he at least... he. I'm not going to say it's good. I don't know if it's a good mm-hmm. performance, but he picked okay. a lane. He picked a lane, and he certainly stuck with it. I mean, like we were saying, yeah, like portraying Frankenstein's sure. monster as like... I don't know, uh, developmentally disabled and slowly coming out of that condition <laughs> of disablement. Like, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a choice. And yeah, he, yeah, he at least sure. is consistent. I think it's good. I, I mean, I think it comes off as, like, for the movie, it makes sense. It doesn't feel like he's, at, like, acting as, as something. Or, like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's trying at, to, like, be something. It just feels like he's kind of living, living the, yeah, the no, monster it, it, dream. It's not what I expected. I was expecting it to be like a much more like effortful, sweaty performance, which is what Brannick does. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. It, it, interesting choice. I don't know. He's better in this than he is in Cape Fear, for sure. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the better Cape Fear for him. He, so uh, he is face to face with Helena Bonham Carter in the bridal suite. Kenneth Branagh busts down the door and is like, absolutely fucking not that's my bride frankenstein's monster just drives his fist into elena bonham carter's chest rips her heart out and holds it beating at uh kenneth branagh on his i don't know he's like fuck you you monkey prick and (laughs) (laughs) just pushes her corpse off the bed and she like hillary clinton style flops over onto the ground and like bangs her head on a flame and then her fucking big curly hair catches on fire and she like total ragdoll as kenneth Branagh like lifts her up and is like smacking the fire out on her hair (laughs) which is like weirdly a like a weirdly frank way of showing uh her character dying well it yeah it's 
it's occasionally a movie with this weirdly very like frank attitude toward death um we get a lot of shots of like hanging bodies yeah um but like i'm surprised they almost i'm almost surprised they didn't go more in depth with like the pandemic going on like i i I bet there's a version of the movie with Mm. like people dying of cholera like people like shitting themselves to death i bet i bet like had a meal with that because like the movie is so expensive and obviously so like opulent, but it still feels like there's stuff missing. I don't know. It, it, it just, as much as it is the quintessential example of a actor turned director making his opus, like you, you, you watch it and you go like, I don't know. Long as that was, I feel like there's like ten percent of something missing. You know, like oh, I, I, I think Brannock really wanted to go ape shit. I think he probably. There are scenes that seem to come like seem to not have a uh, uh, precedent like early like i don't know why he's really upset in certain scenes and it just seems like they just didn't they just didn't capture the scene before or uh they did and it was so bad like they really don't go out of the way to like make everything clear which you would think in a movie this kind of vast they would but instead the the like energy is spent on just like hitting the highest emotional register i guess and uh uh Mm -hmm. and like making the scenes really ornate you have to imagine like in that slime scene kenneth Branagh is just asking to do take after take after take of this shit that just does not Uh matter and wasting a lot of time talking to himself as if he was two different people too oh my god can uh, can we do another take there (laughs) and then it's kind of the director going uh yeah sure cool we got time (laughs) (laughs) you you, he he must have had so many times where he and helena bottom carter like are about to kiss and he just has to walk away for like 20 minutes to just put his head in his like his hand on his chin and be like hmm how much tongue would I kiss my sister? <laughs> How much tongue would a former brother? Uh, so, um, I'm, Ben, t- take it from here. What, what, what happens after uh, we we see Helena Bonham Carter's heart ripped out? Um, and this is apparently not in the book from the the short perusal of the Wikipedia summary that I found. He decides to kind of pet cemetery style re uh, reanimate his wife. Um, uh, I don't know why he has to sew her back together because it's not as if the monster like tore her apart. It's like why why so much stitching? What what, what, what yeah? Uh, he has to stitch her head all I guess up. He, <laughs> yeah, that that and so that happens, and there's this really macabre sequence of them like dancing. And then the monster uh. shows up again and is claiming the bride for himself. And I'm sorry we keep saying the, the, the quote, the bride. I'm thinking in terms of, like, <laughs> you know, bride of Frankenstein. And also, <laughs> I think it's befitting, like, the, the language transformation. of the movie. Um, believe yeah. her name is Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and speaking of, you know, she would have been my, my dream casting for Elizabeth Darcy in an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Anyway, okay. Well, um, or Elizabeth right. Bennett, rather. Um. Uh, so there's this super like macabre scene of them dancing, and then the monster shows up, and then um, Helena Bonham Carter sets herself on fire mm. uh, rather than uh, be at because the center of torn. this feud between a madman and a monster. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that whole sequence is—it's just like, incredible. I, 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 I was—I was like, this movie wasn't working for me, and now I, I've watched this just insanely macabre sequence of. A man and his dead wife dancing. <laughs> um, also, I don't know. Book ended by her like setting herself on fire. It's- yeah, Kenneth Branagh's. Uh, when if you thought that he was the crazy mad scientist when he was making Frankenstein's monster, the way he moves his body around the lab when he's cooking up his dead wife, trying to get her to be alive again. Oh my god, he's practically oh throwing god. <laughs> her body around. Like you could you could probably hear her head like thud against like pieces of metal a few times. Just, which just killing her over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Like the uh the giving her like just like the brain damage that uh she is that is evidenced when she does actually come back alive. And like just the way it's shot, the way he's kind of pushing around like met like the uh, medical and science equipment is very rough and just disturbing 
Uh, so she comes back alive and, like you said, just torn between uh, Robert De Niro on stilts and a uh, very wacky-looking Kenneth Branagh crushes the lantern Shirtless, over her head <laughs> and run, after she catches a, on fire runs through the halls of the house uh goes down the big fucking stairs oh she actually does take a spill down the stairs cuz there's no railing which should have shouldn't have skimped on your contractor then Brana it reminded me of the um staircase from the beguiled i must say like it, it, uh just that fucking oh yeah remember in the beguiled how there's that huge spiral staircase the colin farrell ends up going down and you, you that uh-huh. whole movie you're like well somebody's gonna fall down that staircase <laughs> <laughs> um, this this was uh this this was like that right she falls down that staircase but like the pyrotechnics of this is out of not this movie completely just feels like triple X when she's running through the hallways and the entire mansion catches on fire because of her tirade on fire. And uh, we get a shout of outside of just like the fucking building exploding and Kenneth Mm -hmm. Branagh like emerging from the flames like, what have I done? Oh, my word. Oh, God. Eat that. He should have won 10 Oscars for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Holchi, I forgot at this point, is just sitting on the stairs like, the man has be- is too wa- too mad. He's a too mad scientist. Oh, it's a, a mad scientist. Fine, sure. A crazy scientist? No, my word. <laughs> like he, Tom Holchi exists exclusively in this movie to say, like, no, I... I saw what you were getting at before but this time you've gone too far effective victor. <laughs> you've you've you've, ta- you've you've jumped the shark victor <laughs> there's that uh they have that professor that they love so much who's like the the mad scientist who uh is like half accepted by their community i think they yeah. see him one day in class and he was like who was that man and he's like well that's that's the mad that you 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 didn't hear that's that's the neighborhood mad scientist. <laughs> and he's like, uh, "Don't tell your parents about this. I'm it's too mad." <laughs> yes, we're gonna do a. Uh, don't tell anybody about this, please. Now just yell into my ass. <laughs> Shout into it. <laughs> um. Oh, Helena um, goes full Skellington mode at the end when she's reanimated and she's completely bald very very ugly big disservice but you got to hand it to her for uh i don't i don't think every actor or actress would uh would make themselves look uh this ugly besides i guess robert de niro as the monster um truly a hideous a hideous looking creature at the end yeah they really go for it um i i was surprised to see this movie not get i think even any oscar nominations for like the because like you know how many for the costumes there's some great coats yeah. um the monster steals victor's coat at one point and is oh big coat big coat doing energy. the uh doing like the, the napoleon like hand inside the the coat thing i, I you have yep. my video off but i was sort of pantomiming i think you know what i'm referring <laughs> to <laughs> um, i think i can yeah <laughs> Um, I, I, one other thing I noted is that this movie has a hundred different accents, especially among the crew of the ship. Um, we should oh, mention like yeah. the framing device of this movie. Um, it's presented to us the the title, the title screen is the dumbest thing I've ever seen of Mary Shelley's like Frankenstein, like coming out to you, like X-Files ass looking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very bad. The, so the, the movie begins, um, with like a, uh, a, a, a boat of um, you know really uh, adventurous sorts, explorers in the classical right. sense, um, trying to make their way to the North Pole, and they get stuck in ice. And fool's this guy errand, if you ask walking. me, a fool's errand. If I ever, <laughs> if there ever I was one, one. yeah. <laughs> um, they, this guy starts walking toward them. And they're like, "What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Should we shoot him?" Yeah. And it turns out to be Victor Frankenstein, and uh, he starts relating the story of. Uh, you know his his harrowing ordeal how did he get out to be in the how, how did he end up in the north pole 
Um, and then, you know, you don't see the monster yet, but you hear him from afar, and he kills a bunch of dogs. Yeah. Um, scary stuff. Um, it made me think it was going to be more of a horror movie, honestly. Uh-huh. It wasn't, it wasn't that scary, honestly. Just kind of a character drama. Mm-hmm. But what's, what's more scary than man's desire to play God, Shane? What, ah! What's scarier than that? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what's what's scarier than that i ask you i <laughs> <laughs> pretty um it ends like there the there's a whole kind of sub narrative about the ship people they're about to have a mutiny which i'm a big fan of mutiny um mm. and uh like f- so frankenstein the monster catches up with the doctor frankenstein at who's at this ice covered ship he's laying down and then the monster gets to him and kenneth branagh has died i guess of like exposure at this point because uh they're going i i don't really remember why they're going north frankenstein just tells him to do you do you remember um i think they're just going north just just because i think it's literally like we want to be the first team to reach the north pole i don't remember if they explain how frankenstein died i think he yeah it's exposure i think he's just like exhausted at this point and after he dies they hear like bellowing from within the ship and they go inside and it's uh the monster like cradling frankenstein in his in his arms um i don't know i i I thought this whole sequence like i thought this worked emotionally uh, in a movie where like stuff didn't otherwise work um he has this moment where it's like you know he was my father you know he was he was my creator Uh Um, there's there's still this connection between the monster and Frankenstein I'm not going to say it's a better sequence than he was my boyfriend from Young Frankenstein (laughs) but it's it's close it it works almost as well and then um, they put him out then this is yet another sequence that feels like it's ripped out of another movie they are going to burn Frankenstein's body in like a funeral pyre and um, the monster is out there to set flames to the corpse and the ice Mm -hmm. breaks away and there's this just banana sequence, like out of a fucking animated film, of just like antics around cracking <laughs> ice. Um, yes. And then it, uh, I guess, ends with him setting himself on fire. Setting and, uh, himself on fire. This becomes a fire movie after becoming a, after being a bride movie for most of the time. It's a fire movie, which is yeah, kind of the... that's a spooky twist. That is a spooky twist. This whole time I thought I was watching a bride movie. Turns out I'm watching a fire movie. I thought I was watching Far and Away. Turns out I'm watching Backdraft. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I, I did feel bad for the monster at the end. Um, I think that uh, I didn't really buy that he was sad about the dad dying, but I just I felt bad that he was sad. Because um, he never yeah, really I got think... anything he wanted. I think De Niro does a good job generally of like the pathos of the monster. I think the whole sequence of him living in that family's barn is pretty effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think you're generally sort of like, Oh no. Well, I guess it had to be that way when, uh, when, when, you know, why do you weep? <laughs> um, Bennett. So do you give it a two thumbs up, a thumbs down, th- one thumb up? I, uh, I give this movie, I think two, two big thumbs up. I, I, fucking loved this i i think i'm gonna watch it again i um i feel it the rocked. same way about this that i did about um francis ford coppola's um bram stoker's dracula um it's just uh <laughs> big dumb <laughs> loud in the best way and you, I, you, I usually with these dumb ones uh or these ones that don't you know are less enjoyable they get worse at the end but i think Branagh found the found the the fucking the formula boring at the beginning exciting and ridiculous at the end bad shit at the end it's the perfect way to make a movie just lull your audience into like god this sucks god what the fuck why why did i why did i why did i buy this why did i rent this and then fucking 40 minutes later oh Ooh, (laughs) my those fucking barada bags like this time This movie is like getting creamed by a big barata bag bouncing down the street. I mean, it's, the oh, doll, it's yeah, not... the dull headache you'll have for eight eight days after getting like hit in the head with like a Just soft fish, fucking whacked in the head with like a big fucking pepperoni log or something. Yeah, oh, god, this movie rules, folks. 
I, 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 and I'm saying folks with an X, uh, remember that I, right, I, I watch is. MSNBC, not, not Fox News. It's, um, it's true. <laughs> I, I don't recommend movies that we watch on this podcast very often, um, because usually <laughs> they're either, they're either not good or they're so decidedly what, like, I know that, like, people I know who listen to the podcast wouldn't like. Um, this, this, <laughs> on the other hand, is... I, I I think I think you'll all like this, folks. I think I, I Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is a classic. Uh, deserves to be reappraised. <laughs> you heard it here first. Now, Bennett, I gotta get a I gotta I got a plane crash. I gotta get into uh, until next time, folks. That's a real wrap. Bye bye. <laughs> oh, oh. oh yeah, it's Halloween. <laughs> oh. That's that's an owl. Uh, Let me do one more. Um, Oh, so strange to ponder. Ooh.